Howdy, y'all. We got the one and only Denim Richards coming on the show from Yellowstone today. <laughs> okay, I didn't know where you were going with that at first. I'm like, I got you now, though. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. It's a Western. He went cowboy. That's all right. That's all right. No. Ding! I just you know. spit into Dare Doohickey there. That's right, that's right. But yes, guys, he's talking way more than just Yellowstone. Though. Oh my gosh, this, this is so good. Woo, one of the most uh, educated and informed individuals we've ever talked to, and he's going to bring a message for you. And uh, you guys, this is a can't miss. Yeah. Make sure you, you stick through and listen to this whole interview, guys. Agreed, agreed. But that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 121. And 121. for this episode, we have a secret surprise for you guys mm. in the top five. Just wait on it. Just wait on it. You guys know <laughs> we love everyone who's come on the show. And so, I mean, you know, it's a little surprise. Uh, yeah. Just wait. I bet Just I wait. bet our regulars know. Yeah. They're, they're, they count. Exactly. So they, they kind of know. <laughs> if you're not a regular, you'll figure it out. You'll know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the top five this week is top five duets, mm. uh, song duets, and uh, that you would want to perform in karaoke. So yes. that, that's fun. That's fun. Um, <laughs> of course, your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Yes, guys. But we got so much to talk about today. Oh, I man. mean, like Netflix, Ted Sarandos coming up as co-CEO. Yes. Makes sense because he's kind of like the in front guy. I mean, Reed Hastings yeah. is like behind the scenes, yeah, yeah. doesn't really like talk much. Ted has but, always been kind of the face. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. A whole bunch of Netflix, but we're talking about Georgia's production and we're talking about that heartbeat bill uh, mm. coming back into the news. And yep. I mean, some good news on that, though. Yeah. Good news. Yep. Um, but then, of course, before we get this thing started, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear. You see the hats, you see the shirts. And you see the amazing Crazy Ant Media logo shirt. We just got three new designs on the website right now. So be sure to head over there and start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. Yeah. Um, but first, you know, we got to start off with some sad news. There was a lot of deaths this Man, week. Man, it was a really rough week for Hollywood. And and they uh, a lot of passings, um, a lot of significant names. And, and, and one of these rare things where they all died differently. Yeah. You know, you, you had a, a random, just out of the blue, nowhere brain aneurysm. And then yeah. you had uh, a battle with cancer. You had... Um, an accidental drowning and and then of course a, a suicide you know and um so uh grant imahara from uh mythbusters yeah you guys know he's did a lot of uh marvel stuff as well he was a big marvel fan and you know uh used to do stuff with carrie and, and a bunch of stuff like that uh passed away just unexpectedly from the brain aneurysm yeah. 40 something years old i That's mean just crazy. scary scary and then of course uh naya rivera from glee um, accidental drowning, uh, I guess. And this is really tragic. She apparently uh, mustered up enough strength to save her son to get him back onto the raft, um, but not able to save herself. Yeah, onto and, the boat, um, yeah. So very, very sad news there. Kelly Preston, um, John Travolta's wife and actress in her own right, uh, in a lot of hit movies and everything, lost her battle to breast cancer. Um, and uh, just so sad, man. I mean, she was a part of my childhood for sure growing yeah. up. Um, and then Ben Keough, uh, the king of rock and roll's grandson, yeah. uh, Lisa Marie Presley's son, um, tragically took his own life. And, um, 
you know, and we talk about that a lot with our uh, guests today about mental health and, and what can lead to that and, you know, a state of mind and and not being dependent on people to validate you and following your dreams and just a whole lot that goes into keeping a, a right state of mind. And, yeah. um, so important nowadays, guys, especially with everything that's going on. And um, sorry to hear about all those passings. Yeah. All this, I mean, thoughts and prayers with all the families and um, rough week for Hollywood. Rough yeah, week. seriously. It really was. It really was. But uh, let's brush that off. Let's brush that off. Yep, get yep. some good news. Get some good news. Uh, Georgia Production, guys. I mean, they said they are – Film and television is back underway in Georgia, where the uh, State Films Commission says 14 projects are currently prepping or in production yeah. at either Pinewood Studios, which has 18 sound stages, and it says like all these people are back. Um, we got a few. It says Black Adam, but uh, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yep. Yep. Uh, season thirteen of Bravo's Real Housewives of Atlanta, sixth season of uh, Little Women, Lifetimes in Atlanta, and the second season of Tyler Perry's BET show uh, Sisters, which started filming Wednesday, and The Oval for Warner Brothers. Uh, but Black Adam is said to have cleared. For production and won't start until next year though yeah, so they that's kind of weird yeah they put it on the list as in production but yeah. it's really just been cleared for production yeah but i get it it's a big name it's rock johnson it's a huge film well, let's just put that in there and yeah, say it's filming there headline, you know headline headline <laughs> we talk about it all the time it's all about the headlines now so it makes sense it makes sense but i'm just happy to see people back underway to get these things started yeah these people need to work yeah yeah and um and as you guys know we've been following this one heavily uh, the heartbeat bill yeah. because a lot of protests out of Hollywood saying they would not come to Georgia to film if this abortion bill went through. Um, well, it didn't. A federal judge ruled it as unconstitutional and blocked it. Uh, you guys might remember we talked about this back in October when it was temporarily blocked, had an injunction put against it. But this time it was ruled against as unconstitutional and the ruling states that it shall permanently permanently never be enforced through the house again meaning it cannot come up into court ever again at least this bill yeah you know they're going to try again with a different somewhere one. else yeah but this is good news because production opened back up you guys just heard it's they're rocking and rolling on some films and television shows so the last thing they would have needed is for this bill to go through and then hollywood boycott exactly so, just um, all fucking pull out of there i'm really glad to hear this because i'm a huge and i mean watching like some stuff about it but huge supporter and huge fan of tyler perry studios which is just badass yeah. on a confederate naval base or on a confederate army base like, right and it's just epic man if you haven't seen or like took a studio tour through this thing you can watch one on youtube of the studio and it's epic so i mean i'm super glad and uh happy that productions are not getting pulled out of atlanta yeah no no and unfortunately though even productions that are that you know are in atlanta due to other reasons have been delayed and or not happening. And ugh, I'm crushed about this one because I'm so super freaking pumped about this one. Apparently, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not going to make its August release date, guys. They've I knew it was going to be it. one of them. I, I, uh, I seemed like they were more focused on WandaVision, so it seemed like that one would go for it, but I knew it was going to be one of them. Yeah, apparently, you guys remember we told you about this uh, a little while back. They first got shut down when they were filming in Puerto Rico because of an earthquake. Just some random natural event, you know, caused them to have to shut down. Then the whole COVID thing kind of happened and everything. They make to move to Atlanta, then they get shut down in Atlanta, and so they've just been under the gun the whole time, yeah. but 
But because of all Mm -hmm. these things, all these series of things, it is not going to make its August premiere date. And unfortunately, no new release date. They don't have any word on when the new release date is going to be. Yeah. That really sucks, man. I was really looking forward to that one. Me too, because I'm hearing all different kinds of things. You know, you got U.S. Agent in there, but we will indeed see Sam become Captain America, and there's there's just all kinds of rumors and all these really cool... There's even a rumor that maybe Bucky at one point puts on the shield for a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, just I was so excited. The good news... Like Logan said, WandaVision is on track, yeah. and it l- appears will make its October debut. Yeah. So at least there was some good news there. Exactly. And, I mean, Disney has some more good news. Yep. I mean, talking about uh, Disney Plus, and it's going to be a spinoff series of The Clone Wars. I yes. mean, the popularity of that show just skyrocketed after a hit in Disney Plus. <laughs> so I'm honestly not surprised. But it's going to be Star Wars The Bad Batch. It's going to be another animated uh, series. Like I said, it's going to be a spinoff yep. of the clone wars the show is slated to launch on disney plus uh sometime in 2021 and it's basically going to be the first batch of clones that they make during the clone wars like right so it's going to be all these weird motherfuckers basically they're all going to have like little tweaks and shit wrong with them so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting man you can't get it perfect on the first try exactly so, i mean especially when you're talking about cloning shit hence so. the bad batch they're the bad batch you know exactly you know it's like the, that bad batch of cookies you always burn the first batch exactly right exactly <laughs> I mean, like, but know. yeah i'm super excited about that i mean by no surprise uh, and especially since the clone wars ends after season seven exactly so they wanted something else to put on to there. be able to continue exactly. that story yeah. somehow so exactly. that's awesome. go it's, day filoni woo, exactly Exactly. That's a busy man right now. That's all I'm saying. If you guys don't know, watch the Mandalorian behind the scenes documentary stuff. You'll find out who Dave is and see what we're talking about. Exactly. This next one. What the fuck? I know my friend <laughs> Stephanie Spencer is like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, uh, this was totally. A, uh, Tom Bergeron was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Apparently, Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews gone from Dancing with the Stars. Um, they found out abruptly. Yeah. According to Tom Bergeron, he no tweeted idea. that he had no idea. He was like, well, I guess I'm not coming back. Um, wants to know now what to do with all of his glittered masks, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but he's been, I mean, hosting it the whole time. Yeah. Like, so all 28 seasons, which is just crazy to me, but they're out. Um, Tyra Banks. Coming in. Coming in to take over as solo host. There's not going to be co-host anymore. It's just solo host and, uh, and executive produced. Um, according to the showrunners, they're going in a completely different creative direction. Yeah. I don't know what that means for the show or how that's, you know, with the judges or how it's all going to go down, but there it is, guys. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you it's not a popular decision. Everything it's that weird. we're seeing, all the kind of stuff, from everybody from industry professionals down to fans, they're like, what? Yeah. Why are you doing this? I, my whole thing is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And I, if you've been on for as long as they've been on and people are still tuning in, it's clearly not broke. Yeah. Oh boy, there was a little blunder though. GMA, they kind of, uh, you know, were talking to Tyra and everything. And in the intro, they said that Tyra would be the first African American host of the show. Mm. <clears throat> Season one, Lisa Canning, boom, was co-host with Tom Bergeron, and I'm fairly certain that Lisa Canning is still black. Yes, still yeah, black. yeah. <laughs> was then, is now. So I'm not the first. Yeah, Tyra will be the second. Yeah, we just like to clarify because we like to keep facts on this show exactly Facts. all right exactly but i i actually really hope that bergeron goes back to afv because alfonso Cuaron is 
funny, but I mean, still, I mean, no, we're watching, Emily and I are watching the old AFV videos right now that are on Disney Plus, and nobody can top Tom Bergeron. I like him better than Bob Saget and Alfonso and he's, like the 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 co-ed pair that did yeah, that for a yeah. while. He's just got that, he's perfected the dry wit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, he's very stoic and dry, but it's funny as shit. Exactly. And I mean, I loved him when he did um, Hollywood Squares. Yeah. It's just a great Exactly. Host. And Alfonso will be fine. He's still got Catch-21. It's all good. It's <laughs> that's fine. That's true. That's true. And his commercials, he's doing insurance commercials yeah, now. Yeah, with like fucking Chris Paul and that's shit. Right. And at some point, we all know there's going to be a Will Smith, Will Smith Fresh Prince, you know, reunion some point, or something. Yeah. He'll be all right. Yeah. I'm excited about this next one, too, because I'm a huge fan of Caitlin McGee. Please come on the show, Caitlin. I've been trying for a while. Please come on the show. Um, huge fan. Uh, but former Bluff City Lost star Caitlin McGee is set to go with Topher Grace, that 70s show. Topher Grace, you know him, you love him. Bad Venom, but awesome Eric. Uh, <laughs> He is gonna be, they are going to headline How to Get Away with uh, – nope, not How to Get Away with nope, Murder. Just They're going to be joining How to Get Away with Murder alum Carla Souza in ABC's Home Economics. Oh. So, yeah, and a single camera comedy, <laughs> which is going to be really fun. Definitely, I just got all caught up in the yeah, bad, venom, definitely, bad venom. Definitely not How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> no, no. Although, um, I, be, I mean, you know. Topher did kind of get away with murder because he murdered Venom. Oh, that was bad. Oh, oh, that was bad. I'm excited about that because he is a very talented guy. Like especially if if anybody hasn't seen Black Klansman, what are you doing? Because this man was so freaking good as As fucking Duke. Yeah, like Uh, obviously he's playing a douchebag, but he did it in such a way (laughs) that it was entertaining. It's It's true. To where you didn't really hate the guy but you were like his fucking morals are shit oh yeah but like you'd really i didn't hate the character because of the way he was portraying him so i mean you know topher definitely one of the more underrated actors I of agree. our time yeah. i think he's a phenomenal talent and a really good actor and yeah check that out speaking of a phenomenal actor ty burrell from modern family you yes. guys know him love him the all the good shit. Uh, yes he apparently has started his own production company, yeah. Desert Whale Productions, which in itself is epic. That's a great name, Ty. Great name. And then, of course, signed a two-year first-look deal with 20th Century Fox Television. And let's just take the century out of there. It's just 20th Television. Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all know that. Um, be, but it makes sense because that's been his home for how many years with yeah, Modern exactly. Family. So it only makes sense he stays in the Disney family. Um, and he's already sold something. He's already got something. Uh the first – Yours, Mine, and Paul, which is going to be a comedy, and it's already been put into development at ABC. So kudos to you, sir. Look forward to that. I'm sure it's going to be good. It's a talented guy as well. So Yeah, definitely, definitely. But fuck this next shit, okay? <laughs> fuck this next shit. I'm talking about the cast of Disney Plus's Home Alone reboot. Yes. I'm just saying. Everybody knows Macaulay Culkin's my Home Alone. He is my Kevin McAllister. Um, but, of course, it's going to be a different person, but whatever. It is. Whatever it the is. fuck. Um, but it's going to be Keenan. Thompson, everybody knows him, everybody loves him from uh, Saturday Night Live. Hey, hey, hey! Yeah, <laughs> you remember that man? That yeah, man, yeah. he got, was Fat Elbert too. Okay, yeah, Ali Mackey from Toy Story Four, and then we got uh, Chris Parnell from Archer. Yep. Have all been signed on. Uh, they joined previously cast members Archie Yates, uh, Rob Delaney, and Ellie Kemper. But fucking stop. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna leave that one alone because uh, we're neither fans of, um, you know, the, no. the reboot of Home Alone. I think that's a bad move. Yeah, it is. It's so bad. It's so bad. But so, we're just gonna jump to the money. Jump to some good news. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, we talked about it with the whole Georgia's production thing. They're ramping stuff up. Uh, but 
specifically ramping up is Black Adam. They are casting people. Finally. Uh, Finally. To all the boys I loved before actor, Noah I'm gonna go with Centineo. 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 He's got a very recognizable face, so if you've seen him, you you'll know. You'll know. (laughs) He's joined uh, DC's Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, movie Black Adam. He will play Adam Smasher. Uh, (laughs) Right, not Adam. Atom. Atom. Smasher, uh, a character who can control his molecular structure with the ability to manipulate his size, strength, and durability. Yes. You, if you watch the Arrowverse, same same character, right? No. 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 What? Not 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 Adam. Not Ray Palmer. Adam. No. No. DC it's has too okay. much shit going it's on. Okay. okay. We're we're every day he makes ground though, guys. I promise we're gonna have him a full out nerd geek by the time it's all over with. It's gonna be fine. That was a good guess though. DC has too much shit going on. <laughs> I'm just Look, saying. I'm just really excited because this Black Adam movie has been talked about, rumored, and in development forever. The Rock has been trying to get this thing made, and it's now finally a go. And they're casting, and they're yeah. getting. You heard at the top of the show, they're getting. They're going to start shooting next year. It's already been cleared for production. So, well, this is another Deadpool situation where it's taken like seven plus years to get this bitch made, and like it's absolutely exactly. insane. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but now heading over to HBO Max, they have ordered a World of Calm, a series based on a popular app. A 10-episode order co-produced by Calm and Nutopia uh, combines me- mesmeric imagery with narration from Ari Lester's, which is absolutely insane, the amount of people, badassery that they got on board. Uh, Michelle Ali, Idris Elba, Oscar Isaac, Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, Lucy Liu, Calvin Murphy and Keanu Reeves. Zoe Kravitz is my like go-to crush right now. <laughs> She's that... just so badass in everything. Yeah, everything. I agree. She is eating I'm super hot excited. wings and hot sauce like on on high fidelity. Like Catwoman, just like the music. She's she's just epic. Yeah, Zoe, come on the show. Seriously, <laughs> and and we've talked about this before. When does Marcella Ali sleep? Never. It seems like every project we talk about, he's somehow attached. I know this guy is like the busiest guy in Hollywood right it now. It makes absolutely no sense. And man. so just relax and stay calm. Exactly. It's that thing. You've seen him. You know what it is. It's based on that. So there it is. You know. You know. <laughs> um, for all of you daytime television lovers out there, oh my mama's jumping at this one. Yeah. She was literally just talking about this in the car the other day. Yeah. She was so excited. The Bold and the Beautiful yes. is going to have new episodes starting Monday. Yes. Because for anybody who doesn't know, they actually went back into production a couple of weeks ago and started shooting some new stuff. So new episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful starting Monday. Exactly. How long will they last? We no don't idea. know because Newsom has shut that shit down again. So I don't know how many new episodes they got in before that, you know, so I don't know. And before you ask, yes, we have an answer. The Young and the Restless will have some too because they actually started production this past week. So they will at least have some new episodes as well. No date yet. No date yet. Yeah. But we, our our buddy Eric got the final haircut. He's back into full Victor Newman mode. Right. Like, so he's ready. He's going back. Um. So there it is, guys. For all you soap opera fans out there, you can catch some new episodes starting Monday of The Bold and the Beautiful and pretty soon – 
the young and the uh, the young and the restless. So super badass, super yeah. badass. Uh, CBS, I will always say, is the most behind in their times, but they are steady trying to make um, <laughs> moves towards the right direction. CBS is aggressively stepping up its efforts to be more inclusive to diverse television creators and writers, setting a sleigh of target uh, for the 2021 and 2022 season. The broadcaster is committing 25 of its scripts and development budget to projects from creators, writers, producers who are black or indigenous people of color. That's a huge percentage. 25% of your overall budget to be dedicated to that is huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, Not just that, guys, but their writer's room. They want the writer's room fucking uh, filled with with people of color, indigenous and, and, and black, so uh, they're mandating it. At least forty percent must be uh, black, indigenous, or people of color. And then moving forward, fifty percent by twenty twenty two, twenty three. So they're making a strong move to say, look, at least half your room better be filled. I mean, good for them. Yeah, it's I about, agree. It, what's sad is you shouldn't have to mandate it. It should have just been. Exactly. You know, I mean, so, but we we are happy to finally see the move. Now, f- get rid of Michael Weatherly. Exactly. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> and fucking Les Moonves. We know you're still paying him. That's right. That's right. Um, but now heading over to NBC Universal. Everybody knows the Peacock launched this past week. Um, eh, it's all right. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ava DuVernay, though, she will be de- debuting her first primetime unscripted series. Unscripted? Interesting. What? Like, yeah, she's super, like, savvy with the pen, but now. Completely going off off the rails. Uh, um, Home Sweet Home, a 10-part social experiment for NBC. Each episode of the series follows two families who lead uh, very different lives Mm -hmm. for uh, life-changing experiences. It will explore what... uh, what it, it's like to walk a mile in each other's shoes, challenging by racial, uh, religious, economic, uh, geographic, gender, and ideal, identity assumptions as participants exchange homes for a week. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and experience a life for someone unlike them. So you that, did that very well. Thank you. Very well. That was a lot to consolidate, and you nailed it. Thank you. So there it is. Look, th- this next one. They're, they're dragging him out. They're bringing him back out. I think the last time we saw him was Book Club, maybe, I, I think. But Miami Vice man himself, Sonny Crockett, Don Johnson, is making a return to television. Yeah, right. And you should like this one because he's going to team up with Saturday Night Live's Chris Redd, and they're going to co-star opposite Keenan Thompson yeah. in NBC's upcoming Keenan series. Yeah. So why don't you just focus on that, Keenan, and forget that Home Alone shit? I know, right? Just, just go just there. Just do that. Just go there. Dumbass shit. All right. Dumbass we just wanted shit. to mention that Sonny Crockett was coming back. Yeah. It, where's Tubbs? We don't know. Haven't seen Tubbs since Miami Vice. No. But Sonny Crockett is coming back. No idea. And of course, no news for Sony if it's That's not right. Spider-Man. Uh, now heading over to Netflix. <laughs> uh, this is what we were teasing at the top of the show, guys. Ted Sarandos. Uh, he's being named co-CEO. Uh, Reed Hastings, who founded the company and served as CEO for like the 23 years that it's existence. Yep. Um, is, I believe he's going to be stepping out here soon. Soon. He wanted to let everybody know on this uh, quarter, quarter two conference call, you know, earnings report and everything he's not going anywhere yet yes but this is the start of the succession plan and so you know because you've got to if you're going to exit the company properly after all those years you have to have it in place exactly you can't just up and leave one day and say oh good luck so this is the start this is the succession plan 
I don't think it was any surprise that Ted was going to be the successor because no. he's been the face of the company, like we talked about at the Long top of the time. show, forever. They're really tight. They're on the same page with the same vision and the same, you know. So it only makes sense that Ted is going to take over the reins. We should also say that Chief Product Officer Greg Peters has been upped also to Chief Operating Officer. That's cool. Now, but Reed did go on to say, though, the day-to-day operations of the company, everything that you're expecting and everything that you're used to is not going to change. So don't worry about it. They're just making these promotions and starting the succession process. So, exactly. There it is. Exactly. And somebody at Netflix must have something on somebody at Paramount. I'm serious because they just keep <laughs> passing everything to them. Exactly. Everything. They have a deal, but still, like they have their own streaming service and they keep giving things to Netflix. I would not have given this one up. We're, when we get ready to talk to Denim, our guest coming up, I mean, he's on Paramount Network right now and Yellowstone is slamming in the ratings. Yeah. It's one of the most popular shows. So if you have a series that's about to come on to that network, and it stars fucking Lily Collins, which you know is going to be huge. Why would you give it away? Makes no sense. Well, that's exactly what they've done. Exactly. The upcoming Paramount Network comedy series, Emily in Paris. Yes. Which, as I said, uh, Lily Collins. And it's a Darren Star, you know, 90210. Like, if ever there was a guy that create this type of a show, it's Darren Star, right? Guaranteed to be hit. Will now exclusively be on Netflix. Whoop! Wild. It right over. Yeah, that, it's just super wild. I mean, there's a whole lot of weird things with Paramount right now. I mean, what, with the Peacock launching, Yellowstone is also on the Peacock. So why is it not on, what was it, CBS All yeah, Access? Yeah. Like, why why, I, why aren't you keeping your stuff for your own streaming yeah, somebody, service? Somebody's got some dirt, man. Uh, yeah, it, and here's the crazy thing. I mentioned Darren Starr. Well, Darren Starr just signed an overall huge deal with Viacom. Yeah. So why is this for... <laughs> Her show going, going to, to Netflix. Netflix. Paramount just whoop, whoop. I, I, I don't know. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Linkletter. Remember Boy? Boy. Remember Boy? I remember Girl. No, but I mean Boy about the one that literally was shot over a period of like 8 or 12 years. With, and, e- and, with and, Ethan Hawke? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That R- Richard Linkletter. He is bringing an animated film, a new animated film to Netflix, which, you know, they're making a big push into the animated world. So I'm, I'm really excited about this one. It's called Apollo 10 and a half, oh. and it's a space adventure. And it's basically going to take place back in the late 60s during the whole space race and um, the, you know, Apollo missions and everything. It's going to be based on his life as a kid in Houston during Epic. this time. So I love him. I think he's like uh, just a severely underrated and overly epic director yeah. that doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves i don't think and no. he, he's a brilliant guy so i'm excited about that one yeah i completely agree and i mean uh, awesome things that netflix is doing ryan gosling everybody loves him and chris evans everybody loves him They're i mean coming together uh, watch out tom hanks Holy chris shit. evans is coming for your title as right? nicest guy in hollywood just saying and even more so this fucking this shit is going to be a netflix thriller by the russo brothers yes oh my goodness it's going to be entitled the gray man the film is based on a a series of bestsellers from Mark Greeny. So, I mean, I'm just super excited to have these two together. So, $200 million budget Netflix is putting behind this thing. So, you think they trust the Russo brothers? And there's a reason why, I think. Yeah. You know? You know why? Why? Because for the first time ever, Netflix is finally giving us their top 10 biggest movies of all time. Yeah. Right? They're finally giving out some information. And the Russo brothers movie with Thor, yeah. Extraction. Was number, number one. one on the list, <laughs> so it only makes sense you're going to plop down two hundred million for another Avenger star and another big movie. That exactly, makes sense. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, like you said, Extraction number one, Bird Box. That was a cult phenomenon. Yep. I mean, it was all over uh, 
all social media platforms. Oh, Spencer yeah. Confidential, number three. We love that one. Our buddy James Dumont comes on to talk about that yes. one. Be sure to go back and listen to that interview. Uh, Six Underground, the one with Ryan Riddle. Uh, Murder Mystery. The Irishman, Martin Scorsese's uh, Triple Frontier, Affleck. Uh, the Wrong Missy, and The Platform, and The Perfect Date. Those are the top ten most streamed Netflix movies. In their first four weeks of being streaming. Yeah. So there you go. That's how they're doing it. Although they were kind of a little shady because they said a, a, a view counted as any subscriber that watched for at least two minutes. Mm. Two minutes? Hey, Come people on, dropping off sometimes. Exactly. So, I mean, whatever, whatever. But Apple, not to be outdone. Apple is going after. They want. They they want to be serious too. They signed your man Idris Elba. Yes. What? Yes. Uh, his Green Door Production Company has signed a first look deal at Apple and. We know this one down by heart now, right? right. Under the deal, <laughs> Elba will produce both series and features for Apple streaming platinum for platform. Yeah. Um. So good for them. Yeah. <laughs> and they got JT. They did. They, they got did. JT. I'm super excited about that one. Apple, uh, what has uh, landed the SK Global feature drama Palmer, starting Justin Timberlake, underrated actor in itself. And it's yeah, like, exactly. I like this though. The the movie follows former college football phenomenon named Eddie Palmer, who after a stint in prison returns to his hometown to get his life back on track. And there, he not only faces lingering conflicts from his past, but also a much more surprising challenge as he finds Ooh. himself suddenly in charge of a unique young boy who has been abandoned by his wayward mother. Hey, guess who his wayward mother is? Who? You might have heard about her in the um, linked to JT a little bit in the past. Uh, <laughs> Alicia Wainwright. It's this movie, guys. Oh. It's this movie. That's the one. <laughs> this is the movie. So there you go. You can watch it on <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just had to throw that out there. That's the movie. I know. Right. I know. And, I mean, we talked about it for all always, Quibi. Uh, freaking, they haven't had a lot of good publicity since they started. But you remember that lawsuit about the turn uh, technology, the turn <laughs> shit? Uh, well, they won. They won. That's, like, the only they, good news they that did. they've ever gotten. <laughs> They probably won't last much longer, but while they're still around, you'll be able to turn that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> fucking crazy-ass industry news segment, man. We Ooh. love it, though. So much good shit. But now it is time for the one and only Denim Richards yes. to come on the show and just drop some freaking knowledge. Like we said at the top of the show, be sure to listen to this whole thing because this guy is so educated, Ugh. so passionate, just I, I'll listen to this thing on repeat. Guys, uh, I mean, this is going to be one of the rare interviews where you will barely hear myself and Logan. Seriously. This man, we, he, we were in school. We were literally had the notebooks out and we were learning. We were being taught lessons. And this guy is so inspirational yeah. and so phenomenal. You guys are absolutely going to love this. And he has so much cool shit to say about Kevin Costner. Yeah. Like for Yellowstone and all, just so much. So good, man. So good. Well, here he is. Denim Richards, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you today? Shalom, brothers. I'm, I'm doing so well. I'm so excited to be here. So many things to, to talk about and to, to discuss. And, you know, it's just it's always nice to be able to see another day and, you know, obviously talk to great people, so I'm excited to be here. Oh, man, same, same. First of all, let's just start off with a huge congrats on on, on the kickoff of Season 3 of Yellowstone. Dude. Yes. Breaking all oh. kinds of records and stuff, man. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tremendous blessing. It's really a testament to, you know, a great cast and a great crew, great production. So it's awesome to be able to share this with the fans because really it's the fans that do it, you know, so it's awesome to – 
put the type of work in and have it be received in the way that it's been, it really has been a tremendous blessing. Absolutely. And we're going to talk all about that for sure. But what we like to do to start off on the show for some people who might not be familiar with your work and, and how you got all started, uh, we like to get you to tell us a little bit about how you got started in the career, man. Was it something you always wanted to do from a young age or did you kind of fall into it or what was the path? You know, um, I think it was something that always chose me. Um, you know, I was when I was like, you know, five years old, six years old, I can't remember what age it was now, but, you know, I was in kindergarten and, you know, you always have those like really kind of bad plays. Oh, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so the school that I was attending at the time, we would have these kind of school families where every Friday a different grade would put on a performance and the families of the students would come, the teachers, the principals, the whole deal. And so on a partic- uh, particular Friday, it was our turn. And so, you know, we rehearsed all week which is probably now looking back it was probably rehearsed one time during the week (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like rehearsed like one time for 20 minutes but in my head i'm like yeah we rehearsed for months Um, (laughs) you know and uh you know i had a very simple job which was like like you know i was going to be holding a sign and i was to walk to the front of the stage and just stand there with the sign and of course um i couldn't do that so then when the school family started, I'm looking out and I'm seeing the families, I'm seeing like them smiling and X, Y, and Z. And so you get to the front of the stage and you're moving around and completely pulling away from whatever else was going on, probably nothing, but I just <laughs> love that. And so because of that, they, they kind of were like, you know, they went to my family, like, look, you know, son is, you know, has a lot of energy, he's really excited. Um, you know, we have this big uh, performance that's coming up and we'd love for him to sing um you know at this at this assembly and there's gonna be like several hundred people there and they're like yeah so i had done some you know music lessons and this out and the third and then you know it came time to do this performance in the evening and there's like i said several hundred people there and i got up to the front and performed and just being able to see their faces and and everything they were just so excited and i just at that time even at that young age i was like this is something that i always want to be able to do um, and I always knew that I wanted to do that and I never was interested in anything else. Oh, um, and, and that kind of, uh, that was, it was great. It's great now in, you know, in hindsight, but obviously, you know, when you're in first grade and second grade and all the way up <laughs> when you're like, why doesn't he pay attention to anything? Like, great. We get it. You want to be an artist. You're like, but you don't understand. I'm going to be an artist, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, great. The true wisdom from a first grader. That's right. Uh, but, you know, but so, so that was kind of how it started. And then, you know, I got into plays and the plays led me into musical theater. Musical theater led me into other, you know, other avenues into the kind of going into the opera route. And then, you know, wanting to cross over and get it, try to do the music or the television and film um, thing, which was a tremendous transition from, you know, from the stage. But Again, it was just something that I just I always loved doing. Um, and I just love that ability to try to affect people positively. And especially when I was doing theater, it was awesome because, you know, people go through so many things in their everyday life. And I thought it was such a beautiful thing sure. to be able to see people congregate for a couple of hours on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday, you know, afternoon or evening and just kind of throw all of those things away and just be entertained was awesome that you know you kind of got that opportunity and i've just you know still to this day I, that's what i probably enjoy most about doing this oh dude 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love to hear, like, even at that young age, five, six years old, you, the, the knowing that you are have the ability to make somebody else feel good right. by, by yeah. what you're doing. That's amazing to be able to recognize that at that young of an age, like the, the, <laughs> the power that you have to make people feel good. I mean, exactly. Well, you know, I think it's a, you know, like I said, it's a blessing from the most high for me. It's like, you know, you have certain things. It's like there's no way that I should be able to know that or have such strong understanding of it. It's right. so young, but you know, you're just, you know, you, you get convicted and certain things get into your spirit. And it's like, if you're obedient to it, um, I feel like a lot of good things can happen. I think it's usually the converse when you're usually fighting against it, because oftentimes I think that we become um, very dependent on outside people to give us credibility or mm. to give us permission to kind of follow the things that we intrinsically or spiritually feel like we should be doing and i think that oftentimes so many people often kind of give hold to those other people and then they kind of look back at their lives when they kind of had an opportunity to really sit with themselves they're like dang all these people that i listen to are no longer not even or they're not even in my life number one but number two it's like if i had just listened to what i wanted to do i could have been here i could have been there and i've right. always been that person that was just like screw it i'm just gonna do what it is and at least you know, good, bad, or indifferent. If I fail, I fail because it was something that I wanted to do, not because I was taking advice from other people. <laughs> so, you know, Love you take that. that for what it is. Dude, <laughs> we're like five minutes into this interview, and normally I say this at the end, but right now I am so motivated by what you are saying. <laughs> Seriously, like, man. You are just so excited about your craft and your passion and just have always known what you want to do. And, I mean, doing some research on you, we see that you're very much into the community of aspect mm. of everything. Everything. I mean, you're always mm. trying to help other people out. If it's not your fellow cast members, it's the people in your community. We're going to talk mm. about your nonprofit later on in the show. But oh. yeah, man, just everything that you're saying right now, it's just getting me pumped up. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Oh. I, at the at the age that you're at, you know, sometimes it takes people their entire life to figure out that you need to live for yourself first before you mm. can live for others. Exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And and mm. and a lot of people never figure it out along the journey. And and mm. to hear somebody at your age say, "No, this is this is what I've got to do. This is how I've got to live, and that's how I'm going to accomplish what I want mm. to accomplish." It's amazing to hear so young, man. Seriously. Well, I, I, well, I appreciate that. I think you know so much of it is like you know, age is about like learning experience yes mm -hmm. um you know and i think that you know i've had the opportunity to go through you know have tremendous highs but also tremendous lows but mm -hmm. i think within the lows it's not about like what was me but it's like look at what i was brought through not yes. what i felt victim to right and i think that it really is all about it's a mindset situation it depends on what you're connected and jacked into really um because a lot of things can really hinder you um from doing the things that you really want to do and you know i think that Especially in this day and age, I think that we are very, you know, we, we would like to sugarcoat so many things. Yeah. And sometimes because of that, when you're kind of adding sugar to everything, that's you, you, it becomes a disease, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, it becomes a nice feel good mechanism, but then it becomes something that you're dependent on. And that thing that you're, you're, de you become dependent on kills you. And I think that oftentimes it's like we have to kind of have these real conversations. We have to really look at ourselves in the mirror and go, look, you know, everybody has a story, everybody has a journey. It's not about how you fell victim to it, but it's like, but look at where you are. You made it. You, you know what I mean? It. Like, you, like you, you made it and you're here. And so it's really, for me, it's just always been about if you can be able to have an opportunity, if I've ever was blessed with an opportunity to have a platform, um, that that would be something that I really wanted, you know, to focus on. Um, because it's really, you know, 
being a, an artist and stuff like that, I think it, it's so beautiful and it's so awesome. But to me, it's much more about what you do with it more so than how entertained you can keep people all the time. Right. You know? And I think that that's a, that's a, that's kind of a thing where it's like, you kind of can get into this mindset where it's like, Hey, consume more of me. Uh-huh. And that's again, a self-destructive thing because there's nothing in there, you know, and there's nothing in there, but just self adultery and there it's not fulfilling and so it's like, for me, I've always been a, a person that it's like, you know, if I've ever was given the opportunity just to pour it out in any direction that I possibly can. So I've just been very blessed to be able to, you know, to be able to be here, you know, and have these great conversations and kind of just spread any more information. And also, you know, hope that anybody that listens to things like this, that whatever you came with, that you will leave this conversation with more than you came here with. You know, yeah, that's, exactly. That, that's the thing. Well, you know? that's the whole reason we started the podcast, man, is because we wanted to help up-and-comers trying to break into this industry. I mean, you know, a lot of people start out with, like, all these questions. How do they do it? Where do they go? But yeah. that's why it's so amazing yeah. to have guests on like yourself to just spread along that information, and especially when things aren't necessarily generating enough content. Like, for example, yeah. yourself, like, you starting your own production company and starting yeah. your own shoot uh short film and everything so mm-hmm. i mean let's talk about that a little bit so i have laser focus productions and focus, then i have yes. my new i have my new production company which is truth be told mm. um which is kind of a rebranding and truth be told was always something that laser focus productions always wanted to be but didn't have the right people to make it go where i wanted it to be <laughs> yeah um, we understand you know, that and, you know and you know again it's all part of the the learning you know you really touched on something where it was like you know there's so many people all around the world, all around the country that all want to be, you know, they, they love the entertainment aspect. But right. the first thing that I always say is like, you have to identify what it is that you love about it, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that you have to also understand why you love it and why you're getting into it. You know, it's like, if you're trying to do it because you, so you can be on billboards and you're getting into it for all the wrong reasons exactly. and you will never, you'll, you'll, it's a self-destructive pathway to try to do that. But if you believe in what you're doing, you also have to create, you know what I mean? Like you have to, I got to a point where for me, like I've um, always been a giant historian. I love history. Um, And it's very, it's always been something that's really like touched me spiritually in a way because there's so many things in our, our past and our history that we just never got to learn. And I always found it so baffling that, you know, I was in school for so long, never felt like I learned anything. And then when I was out of school and had access to, information the amount of information right. that i loved to educate myself on which was was always so funny because i was like man if i had learned this stuff in school i probably wouldn't even be in entertainment right <laughs> right <laughs> like you know it was just like because this is it's just so fascinating and so i think that you know so i created um, laser focus productions because for exactly what that was is about um you have to have a, a laser focus to get through anything exactly go through everything and so I really started that um, because that was always the vision. But then as I had gotten older and, of course, you you try to bring people in and, you know, it's hard for people to see a vision, you know, especially when they haven't had a representation of that already in their own lives. Um, and it's also when it's kind of your, mainly your vision, it's hard to get other people to see that vision, especially when they are also building their lives and their careers. Absolutely. Um, and so – you kind of have to, again, like I'm very big, it's like seed time and harvest. And so like, as I have, you know, kind of focused a lot more on my, you know, my acting and doing that, I was able to come in and through my acting, be able to meet phenomenal people. And we were all able to come together and form uh, Truth Be Told Productions, which is exactly what it is, where we tell, you know, real stories, things about our history, but are 
things that you haven't necessarily heard or talked about before, which is um, how the zoo came about. Yes. Um, the zoo is something yeah. that we, um, you know, that I had uh, was put on my spirit in 2012. Um, and it was about like, you know, we need to tell stories about the things that we have gone through in every single situation. And so the zoo talks about um, what was going on uh, in during World War II to, peop- to men of color. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that was going on during that time was you had the concentration camps and everything that was happening. But also within Africa, you also had a major situation, which was like the pillaging of Africa right. that had been going on for several decades. But it was really an opportunity for all these different countries around the world to really go in and start splitting it up. Some people are taking the cocoa, other people are taking the diamonds and the gold, and they're splitting it all up. But one of the problems that a lot of these European and you know American uh, countries were having um, and states in America were having were that they were going into these countries and they're like, we're dying and we're burning up and we're not able to deal with the climate and X, Y, and Z. And so they would take these, these men of color, they would take these black men and experiment on them. They would dunk them in water. They would test them with heat lamps, uh. um, inject different diseases in them and just use them as these test tubes in order to try to break some type of genetic code to figure out how they could come in and fully colonize everything. Right. Wow. And that was a major thing. And the zoo is also a, so we talk about that, but it's also about the battle of the human spirit, because mm-hmm. again, like I was saying that it's not about the, the victim mindset. It's about look at what we came through. And also the zoo is a double entendre because also here in America, all the way up until the fifties and all across the world, they had physical zoos uh-huh. right. that were set up for men of color and for women of color and their children where they would, essentially recreate a you know a kind of atmosphere that you would find in africa mm-hmm. and people could go and buy tickets and go and watch them interact with each other that's you know, so and crazy it's, and it's it's insane to know you know that and that's the thing that's always interesting because people are always like you know well i know we get it 60 19 guys were saved and this out of the third and it was like we don't but all the way up into the 50s they had us in zoos yeah you know, exactly. they had yeah. us in physical you know they had us in fit where people would go and purchase tickets to watch us interact as human beings you know, so this was a thing. This was also an opportunity to, you know, ha- be able to have deeper discussions, but do it through a form of a medium of entertainment, because that's something that really helps break cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. um, for, for a lot of people. And so you kind of can take that. And so for me, I was like, OK, well, you kind of get this 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 mode of so much history and so much information and. But you have to do it in a way that I believe is palpable for people. And so if you can put it in a form that's entertainment, but that's also educational, it kind of becomes an affirmation based things. And it it kind of becomes something where you can go, wow, I had no idea that happened. And the goal is that then you would see something like that or hear this type of conversation, think that it sounds so extreme that you then go and do the research to think that it's so unbelievable. Then when you find out that it's true, that hopefully you go to yourself, well, dang, if I didn't know about this. What else might I exactly. not know? Right. You know, and, and, and then that kind of gets your curiosity going. Absolutely. And I want to talk about it because it's a really interesting story about how it all came about. When you first first came up with the idea, you know, you were kind of confronted with, well, did that even happen? Like, like, right. like what, what, right. what, what was that with African-Americans during the Holocaust? Is that even a thing? And you touched right. on it a little bit because I feel like the education system these days is is stagnant a little bit where they're, they're so focused on teaching towards a test that you skip yeah. a bunch of chapters in the 
the book and you end up leaving yeah. without really knowing a lot of stuff that happened in history. So yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing. I think education first, right? Um, you know, and I think that you know a part, especially you know, with the African American community, you know, in our textbooks, and I know this growing up, you know, in our textbooks, we're kind of taught that our history started in sixteen nineteen in exactly. Virginia, you know, in the transatlantic slave trade, and then so what happens is what a lot of people, which people that start the education system, they know this, but what we don't. Uh, the general public doesn't really understand this fully, I believe, which is what you're doing is you're instilling this mindset into these children that it's something for them to be ashamed of. Right. They're ashamed of slavery. But it's more than that. It's because it's, well, you were a slave because of the color of your skin. So now you're looking at the color of your skin and you're ashamed of the color of your skin. And so now you're upset and you feel disgusted. And then when you're finally given some type of, person or man that you're allowed to look up to maybe a martin luther king or a malcolm x those people are then assassinated right so then it's almost like oh well if you, you want to go the more intellectual route and become an intellectual and have deep conversations and have wisdom-based conversations oh you're a threat and you're to be murdered right. so you you kind of get stuck in this real juxtaposition where okay your history was a slave and then if you wanted to be an intellectual, you were murdered. So then your only other medium is to become an artist or become a basketball player or, a, you know, a rapper, an athlete. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm on this podcast because I'm an actor. Right. But it's also a thing to where you have to understand that that's not all you can do. Exactly. And so many of these kids, they grow up feeling like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. And then you spend any amount of time with them and they're like, oh, I want to be a scientist or I want to be a mathematician. Right. I want to be a biologist. But they've never had an opportunity to see themselves represented in these textbooks in that way. And it's something that's so foreign to them when really if they understood that before 1619, when you were brought over, you were scientists, you were mathematicians, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. were astrologers, you were kings and queens and princes and princesses from all these different countries. But that was stripped away from you. And so now we're kind of seeing this situation here in America where, you know, there's so many people that, you know, we, oh, we want to have these, you know, these these really, you know, conver these conversations. We, we now we want to have them. And it's it's always interesting because you get one side of it. That's like we want to have these conversations. And then you want to have the other side of it. That's like, you know, all men are created equal in this. And it's like and that's a fun banner to really hang your hat on. Right. But you have to be realistic. You have to sit there and you have to then go, look. I understand what you're saying when you say all men are created equal, but you have to understand that Thomas Jefferson, who said that all men were created equal, also had hundreds of slaves. Exactly. And also within that, within those same documents, also said that people of color were three-fifths human. So when we're saying that all men are created equal, he wasn't talking about people of color. So it, again, it becomes this a very watered down whitewashed version mm -hmm. this feel-good situation to where well we don't ever have to acknowledge anything because we weren't a part of it and it's like well maybe you didn't benefit maybe you weren't a part of the slave trade but you benefited from it your great grandparents benefited from it because there's all these different organizational things from the housing situations from the work uh, from the work opportunities and you know we have this thing in in, in america where it's like well if people of color would just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and it was like, well, we, we, we did that multiple times. We had Seneca village that is now, uh, in, in New York City, uh, in, in New York city is a, is a park That's now, right. right? We, we had that in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we had over 600 businesses and hospitals and dentist offices and this, and then it was bombed and firebombed. And those people were all, 
completely destroyed and devastated. So it's always this notion where it's like we always want to focus on these very myopic feel good ways of history so that we never have to like look at ourselves in the mirror and go, how much of this did we allow to continue to go on? But I've always been a big deal where it's like, look, you can't ever expect for anything to be different if you also are not willing to accept the real things that happen. Mm -hmm. And so if you can kind of do this in a form of entertainment, I think that it helps, but really you have to get into the education first, because if they don't know what they were before, then they can't have any idea with where they're going. Right. That's exactly right. You can feign ignorance really easy, but you, but when you face down the education and you educate people in an entertaining way, like you said, then then that's where the importance comes in because I don't think you can have the conversation until you have the knowledge to have the conversation with. Right. And, right. and, and right. if you're not educated with the knowledge and you come into the conversation ignorant, you're not going to know what to say. You're not going to know yeah. how to react to the conversation. So yeah, it's important. It's a, hard, it's a hard thing and it's emotional, right? Like it's like you have to – and I think one of the things especially – Especially as men in this country, you have to be able to look at things from not it's such an emotional standpoint yes. all the time. You know, and I think that we get into this position because especially when you're so I mean, we're very tribalistic in this country. And you see that with sports and X, Y and Z, where it's just like it's my team and it's this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, OK, I know that it's fun to get into the whole thing all day, but it's like it's not your team. When they win something, they don't send you a ring in the mail. Exactly. And you're not being invited to go on the float. And again, it's like, I understand that that's not a fun thing to do, but it's like so many, so many reasons why we're in the positions that we are in this country is because we've gotten and allowed ourselves to be get gotten caught up in fantasy land, mm -hmm. you know, and, and allowed ourselves to kind of have this suspended disbelief with everything to where it was like, oh, well, slavery, you know, what happened hundreds of years ago and this, and it was like, Yes, this happened, you know, the slavery was going on in 1619, but then after that, it was segregation. And after that, it was this. And after that, it was this. So it was like, this was a, this was a linchpin of the things that happened. But there was all these other things that bounced on top of that, where you're not willing to talk about the things that were in the Willie Lynch letters, the That's same it. things in the Willie Lynch letters that, like he said, quote, if we implement these things and you, and you take heed to what I'm saying, these are things that can be successful for the next 100 years, 300 years, if not thousands of years. So you're looking at this model that was set up from 16 or from 1712 when he made this speech all the way up until today's society where the first patrols were slave patrols. Well, as it goes on in society, those slave patrols just turn into police departments. Yep. So it's like you have to you really have to look at things and go, yes, you may not see it in the same way. In, in the in the the way where it's just black men that are hanging everywhere and unfortunately some of those things are still happening which is just absurd but now it's just happening in a different way and so now it's just about we have to be willing to have a conversation but we have to be willing to put aside our emotional differences and really learn and educate because if we're educated everyone can kind of win in that aspect absolutely you know, instead of it just kind of being this controlled opposition all day Absolutely. And it's important. I'm so glad the direction of the interview kind of went this way because it is important to have the conversation and we have to have people that are brave enough to come forward and have the conversation. Because exactly. mm -hmm. I, I feel mm -hmm. you're, you're correct. I feel it is so emotional that a lot of people are scared to say what they think and to have yeah. that conversation. And we need people like yourself to do that. You know, you might you might have yeah. been coming on the podcast because you're an actor, but the, I think that the, what you've been able to say at the beginning of this interview was, was necessary. It's 
needed mm. and and mm. to me it, it, important. And we like to have people on the show that aren't scared to say what they think and and talk about conversations that need to be talked about. Agreed. Well, yeah, I think I think it's a you know it's a beautiful thing, and you know it's always nice to be able to have the dialogue because I think that it's something to where. Any, I've always been the type of person was like, I want to know the most about anything that I can. Mm-hmm. It's not about being an expert, but it's it's nice to be, you want to be informed, you know? And I think that when you're informed and when you're not in a, a fate, uh, in a, a emotional state, you're not easily manipulated. And I think what happens is, is that this also is something that easily transfers when you're getting into entertainment mm-hmm. and to anything in business, that when you are dealing with a fear-based mindset with everything, you're so desperate to hold on to whatever it is that you can control. You know, you're so you, you're like, it's, this is all I have. And what happens if I fail? And what happens if I do this? And what happens if I do that? And it's like, okay, but what happens if you don't, you know, like at a certain point, you also have to begin to look at things from another, from another standpoint, exactly. because it's like, you know, what's going to happen if you don't do something, but what happens if you do get out of bed? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if you do put one foot in front of the other? What happens if you do say, you know what, I'm going to challenge myself with something new every single day. And you put together those types of seeds and you sow those seeds every single day. What could it look like in six months? Because you've seen what could happen if you don't do it for years and years, you're ending up in this space. So at a, a certain point, I think, you know, for everyone, that is listening to this and for, for, for the way that I try to live my life in that way is like, you kind of get to a point where you genuinely have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and kind of allow yourself to start stretching yourselves outside of kind of the comfort zone. And it's like the beautiful thing about a comfort zone is that you're comfortable, but nothing grows there. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of people don't acknowledge either what they have or what they don't. They need to acknowledge the privilege that they have or the privilege that they don't have and start working towards a way to make a change, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's any way that, and it's any way. And I think that, you know, in the art and, you know, especially in the medium of the arts. And that's why I think it's always such an encouraging thing to where, you know, if you understand why you want to be an artist and what an artist is, it's about the expression. Right. But mm-hmm. also, it's a great opportunity to use it as an educational tool. Yes. You know, when I was in school, I, I there's so many things I was like, this is boring, this is boring. And yet, when the teacher would roll in that really crappy television on the roller, <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like strapped in. You were just like, oh, what are we gonna learn today? Hell yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, it. so it's like so it was always like I was like in a daze through 90% of the school year. But you know, on that day of you know 35 minutes when she would roll in that television, you're sitting there and going, what is it that I can learn? Because you're getting to see a different world. You're getting to see something that's real. You know, it was something why I was like, I always loved like the magic school bus because it was like, who doesn't want to learn like that? Or it's right? like, let's like, get out of the classroom. <laughs> let's get into the dirt. You know what I mean? Let's get in yeah. and like learn, you know, and really do that. And I think that as an artist, if you create, you know, take yourself outside of just a building and take yourself outside of just a city, go and use your imagination and really just play, you know, and play and build and don't do it because, oh, I'm trying to be seen or I'm trying to, but just use it as a form of expression and oftentimes when you do it as a form of expression, it can turn into a form of education. That's it. And then you're getting to tell a story in a completely different uh, uh, medium that is much more easy and palpable and easy to digest for the for the population. I, I, I got to tell you, man, had you not gone the arts route, I, I, I could see you behind the pulpit, bro. I, or, or a podium, man. You should run for office. I would vote for you in a heartbeat, my friend. I would vote for you in a heartbeat, man. 
it, it's funny that uh, I appreciate it, but it's funny. My uh, when I was younger, uh, which no one will be surprised now when they hear this, but you know, I was like three years old. And the one thing they were like, he just doesn't ever stop talking. No. It was just like, even at three years old, it was just like, he's always saying something. It was like, you're not forming any words, but you're just like, I have something to say. Uh, and I, I remember when I was younger, I was like, I think it was like, you know, my parents would send me to bed. It'd be like nine o'clock. And be like, you know, don't forget to pray before you go to bed. And so I would lay in bed, you know, and so it'd be like, go to bed at nine. And then it would be like 9.15 and they're walking past the room and it's like, He's still praying. He's praying for, <laughs> he's praying for the, the, ant, the ants that are crossing the street and the cement That's blocks. Right. That they, you know, and so, you know, it's just a thing to where I think that when you, when you really start to come into kind of who you are and what you are really passionate about, it really then becomes about how can you get it in a way that is, that is something where people also want to hear it. That's it. You know, and I think that oftentimes the sad reality of our, of our generation, especially um, the thing that's the saddest is like oftentimes the man that is sitting on a park bench and that's sleeping on the park bench has more wisdom, knowledge and information than the CEO or the business owner in the tallest building. And the hard thing about that is because we have gotten ourselves to a point to where we don't have human to human interaction in that way. Mm -hmm. And we're so in a space where we are looking at everybody about of like kind of like what it is that you have done successfully before we care about what they can bring. Right. You know, and you can, there's so many people and we know this, you sit under your grandparents, you're like, all they did was farm, but they know everything about the world. They didn't go anywhere. Like somehow they never traveled anywhere. <laughs> right. Didn't see anything, but yet they can tell you about how everything works. And how That's everything right. Happens. That's you right. Know? And so it's really an interesting thing to be able to like, you know, you get to a point where it's important to sit with yourself, but it's also important to learn and expand. And I've been, I, like I said, all praises to the most high in this situation, these circumstances, because I think that, you know, if we can get this next generation to get into curiosity and to get into critical thinking and to empower themselves to think for themselves and to challenge themselves outside of just the normal kind of everyday, easy, digestible things. I think we could create a tremendously beautiful society, but it's not until we get to that point that I truly believe that we can really move the needle on anything. Agreed. Agreed. 1000%. 1000%. Okay. Now, so, so we should, <laughs> we should talk about the creative aspect of, of, yeah, of, your, of your glorious mind because you're <laughs> multifaceted, right? Uh, a writer, director, producer, you're just mm. kind of like at it doing everything uh, as well as the acting. So, but of course, we're all curious uh, uh, about the series with Kevin Costner yeah. and Yellows yeah. and how it all yeah. came about. I, I got to yeah. ask you, when you auditioned for that role, did you have any idea it was going to be a recurring role or kind of now you're, you're up to the series regular right. going into it? Did you have any idea or did you what did you know? No, I you know, it's funny. So, again, I think this is something as an artist, too, that's so, so important. But I think more importantly, in any job, you never know who you're talking to and who you're going to work with and who those people are going to be in the future. And so um, I was working, I was doing a film uh, uh, prior to Yellowstone um, called Chickasaw Rancher. And I was working with, uh, in a I had a scene with Tommy Flanagan and um, we were doing this campfire scene, this really like highly emotional scene, which was an amazing scene. I'm super excited to see it when it comes out. Right. Um, but he um, was telling me, he was like, you know, I have this, you know, you know, one of my best friends is John Linson. He was on Sons of Anarchy. And then he's like, hey, you know, Taylor Sheridan, they're doing this new series called Yellowstone. Um, Kevin Costner is executive producer. He had no idea that 
he was going to be in it. And he was like, you know, you got to, you know, call your people and see if you can get, you know, an audition. I was like, well, that seems amazing. Like, and it's a Western. I was like, oh my gosh, this is dope. And so, and what I was doing beforehand, Chickasaw Rancher, it was also a Western. It was right. just a period piece. And so I was like, well, this would be amazing. So I remember I called my manager and this, and she's looking up and down. She's like, Denim, I don't see any auditions for this. Like, yes, we see information that there's this new series that's coming out. And I was like, do whatever you can under every rock, <laughs> like dig under everything, figure it out. This has to happen. And so finally, um, you know, one day she's like, send me pictures and X, Y, and Z. And so I went into the audition, um, really just kind of like, kind of in the pocket already and had no idea. You're just like, you know, I, I had literally, I was maybe like a week and a half off of being from uh, Chickasaw Rancher. Right. And so I was kind of already still in that kind of cowboy pocket. Right. And I was just kind of like, well, let's just go in and just do what I do. And so um, after that, I had gone to the producer session and that's when I met John Linson in there. And then uh, Taylor Sheridan was on Skype because he was in Utah. The show was already cranked up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was sitting there and he was like, you know, the role that you're doing, this was like before I had got, gotten ready to read. And we're just kind of talking. And it was so cool because Taylor's just so welcoming and warm. And, uh, you know, he was like, you know, you know, Denim, you know, this is a really uh, you really want this role. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. Like, trust me, I know. I really, <laughs> I, know. Like, yes, I really want this role. Like, yeah, absolutely. He was like, no, no, no. He's like, you know, this is a character that, you know, is going to be on the show. It's like, you know, he doesn't get killed off in the first season. And you're just like you're sitting there and you're like every actor's dream is just to be on a series exactly continuously and so then you're sitting there and you're like great no pressure he's like okay and let's get into it and you're just sitting there and you're like yeah you know but at a certain point you're just like you know what let's just do what i do and it is it's gonna be what it's gonna be and so um you know i i knew in the producer session what you know that it was going to be a reoccurring opportunity mm -hmm. and then of course when i well, when you know when they called me i just i don't think i had ever been more excited and more elated um but just more this so thankful because you know like every artist you go through years and years and years and you know hundreds and hundreds of no's and hundreds of you don't hear anything and x y and z and so to finally have gotten the opportunity to be on a show in the infant stage of it you know right. from episode one um was really awesome and then getting to be on it with with kevin Costner, somebody that you've watched and grown up on with so many of his movies, you know, it really was something that was like, wow. And then you see him and you're like, and he loves what he does mm -hmm. and he loves the, he loves the art, you know? And because of that passion and because of Taylor's passion and his writing, you really got to see what it was like in a, in more of an intimate level. I think like, you know, when you're doing co-stars and reoccurring, you're coming on and then you're out of it, but you're never really kind of working intimately with the directors and kind of having those, going out to the cast dinners and stuff like that, you know, like, right. And this was an opportunity where it was like, I've never been a part of anything like this, but then it's like, it's the Kevin Costner's. And then you're with there with the Cole Hauser's and with the Luke Grimes. And it's like all these people that you have seen off and on throughout your own acting journey. You're like, and here they all are like, <laughs> right, like, right here. Like, and here we all are like eating dinner together and just talking about everything else. Like, you know, it's not just, we're don't just sit, you're not just sitting down and, talking about acting and talking about this you're just talking about life right and, you know one of the things that i say is like i gained you know 20 plus years of acting information and entertainment knowledge by being able to sit under them and just listen to their stories and their their ups and their downs and just really being able to do that which for me really kind of gave me the confidence to then also want to kind of go forward to more ambitious mm -hmm, projects right. Um, you know, which was like, you know, coming into the zoo and stuff like that, which are things where you're like, man, 
the, they have given you the information of like, like Taylor Sheridan, the thing that I admired most was so many people wanted to be on this show. Right. But he wanted his uh, people that he handpicked. Right. You know, it was like, yes, we could get a name actor here and a name actor there and a name actor there. It was like, but we're looking to build a family. There you, you go. know, it's like we're looking to build and it. So it, you really got an opportunity to see something where it was like, wow, this is what happens when a man also believes in his vision. And when he goes like, yeah, I know that a lot of people can't see it, but just trust me. And when you saw this family and you see everyone, you're like, we're not only, you know, like we enjoy working with each other, but we're also friends off of the off of film. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we traveled together and we spent time together at each other's homes and, you know, and dined and broke bread with each other. And I think that's something that's so beautiful. So part of the thing that's so awesome with this show is like, you, you really do become a family and also because of where we shoot oftentimes you're shooting in the middle of nowhere. So there is no, like we are each other's family. So right. we are sitting around the campfires and you're doing that. And I think that really is a testimony to a, the great work that Taylor has done by kind of bringing these people together. But then because of that, the, the audience also kind of gets a much more in, emotional and in-depth kind of feeling from these actors as well, mm-hmm. because we can kind of naturally know what kind of makes, makes each other tick. And that's also like a really, really awesome thing. Yeah, and I mean, I saw you say in another interview that uh, everybody was so personable, and even when like it was before the first episode shot, Kevin Costner came in and was like, "Hey, I'm nervous too, guys. We just yeah, all need man. to lean on each other and support yeah. each other through the process." Like, it's so. It's. I mean, you just don't expect to hear that. Yeah. You know, and it's like whether or not he was actually nervous, it didn't matter because it was like, <laughs> dang, you know what I mean? But it's just like a, a like you know, if you're you know when you're in the NFL, your most important thing is like your quarterback, right? Right. right. You want to have a good coach or a good offensive coordinator but a quarterback who's who's not afraid but who also was like don't worry i got this yeah and i think that that really was something that was so awesome because you had the op- i had the opportunity to really kind of sit under them especially for seasons one and two and really learn and grow and instead of looking at like oh well i wish i was doing this type of scene i wish i was doing that and of course as artists you're like you want to do everything sure but you also have to understand like this is also an opportunity for you to take and learn and and to really feel and to really grab this soil and start taking the soil and put it in your bag and then take that with you and then plant your own seeds in that soil, you know, and that's really what it was. And so then when season three came on and I, I, you know, I got tremendously blessed with being up to series regular, which again, is kind of like, again, every actors, especially when you go into television, we're just like, well, this is the goal. Like that's the goal is like to be able uh, you know, to do that. And again, it was something that was like, I didn't want to, I would never want to be a series regular on another show and to do it as like, to be my first series regular on a show like this was such an amazing thing because it's such an awesome thing to be able to talk to other actors to where it's mm-hmm. like, look, you never know what your job is going to be. It's like, your job is not to worry about how long it's going to be. Just worry about doing the work Yep, and exactly. do good work. And if you do good work, it will be seen no one can suppress talent, you know, and talent will always be able to be shown. And it's about you just getting in there and doing what is authentic and real to you. Don't try to go in and fit this kind of identity and that type. Just be you. Exactly. You know, just be you. And if you and if you're you, somebody will see that. And that's the awesome thing that I love about this show is Taylor's really just said, hey, like you understand what this character is. Just go with it. There and, you, you know, there really hasn't been any wrong thing. It's just been like, hey, here's another opportunity. Here's another way to look at it. And I think that's what I love about being on this show so much is that 
he's just giving everybody the space to fly, but we all are flying in the same direction, and mm. that's what's so awesome about it. Yeah, Definitely. I completely agree, man. And I mean, it wasn't necessarily the easiest filming process, right? You got a little altitude sickness, I mean, <laughs> trying to push through that, and more power uh, to you for pushing man. through that as well. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. You know, I got... Um, one of the things I had always had was like I had one kryptonite, and it's funny because in 2015 I was getting ready to sign this contract mm-hmm. to go on a musical theater tour. Oh wow! And this musical theater tour was um, I was gonna. It was like we're gonna be starting in Montana, but I had looked at the elevation in Montana. I was uh. like, the elevation is 5,000 feet, and I know that I get deathly ill right um, at uh, after 5,000 feet, and I know this through my entire life. And it was like, and so I had what the last time I had gone at elevation, it was like I ended up in the, the emergency room. They're like, hey, you can't do this. And so when I got Yellowstone, I was like, oh, this is amazing. You're going to be in Utah. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> All right. And I was like, but it's like, but don't worry. It's like, it's going to be cool. We're going to do this cowboy camp and everyone's going to be together. And I was like, oh, that's super dope. You know, where's this cowboy camp? And it's going to be here. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be at 8,000 feet, 9,000 feet. And I was like, I, but it was like, okay, you can't say no. Right, like exactly. <laughs> like you can't turn that, like you can't turn that down this experience. And so I done every training. I bought the, I bought the oxygen mask to train at altitude. <laughs> I was playing basketball, you know, with my oxygen mask on. I was just really, and it just didn't matter. No. Like it was just like, you know, it just, <laughs> you know. And so I got there and I was like, man, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be deathly ill, and I'm gonna push through as long as I can. Hopefully, Taylor doesn't think that I can't make it. Right, I that's it. You I can't. Like I promise you, I can. And it was such a humbling thing because it sucked because it was like the first time that you're meeting all these other exactly. men, all these other actors, and here you are, like just throwing up the entire time <laughs> and laying in your tent. Like I'm sorry, uh, I'm know, sorry. You know, it's like it's like I'm, I'm really not like. It's really funny because the first time I met Cole Hauser. It was like he had come a day afterwards, but I had already been sick. And he just sees me and he like throws me a pack of vitamin C and just kind of like hits you on the chest. And I was like, you'll be okay. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you know? but, but, you know, it's been, a, it's been a fun story and it's been something to where like, you know, you adapt and you really kind of learn how to work through it. And right. now uh, we're blessed now, like we're shooting uh, completely in Montana for season four. I no longer have to deal with the altitude. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh, it's beautiful there, but uh, that's the one thing I'll say that I do not miss shooting at 8,000 feet. I bet. <laughs> I, got, I got a question about Kevin Costner because I hear that he's yeah. a very actor-friendly director. You know, he's obviously yeah. a phenomenal director as well. Do, do you do you see that on set even though he's in front of the camera? Does he lend a lot of wisdom to shots or kind of yeah. like wants to yeah. hold on to the director reign a little bit? You know, it's. I think, you know, what's interesting is, you know, as far as, you know, I know for me, like one of the great things is, he is the type of the type of actor still to this day to where it's like even when you're saying like okay cut we're turning around or we're gonna move scenes you know oftentimes us as actors like we go like we now we go and meander we either go back to our phones we sit down but he kind of likes to sit and see how things are set up mm. you know and I remember one time um, and I tell this story often because it was something that has really um, impacted me um, as a director and as an artist even more so it was like you know. The one great thing about Taylor is like we often shoot with three cameras right. um, to kind of get these giant like like giant landscaping shots and just doing it all in one thing, which is awesome. It makes just like kind of great continuity to cut to. Absolutely. Um, but, but one of these times I remember we were, we were sitting, we we're at like the, the rodeo pin and we were just sitting there and this camera was setting up and all these other things. And he knew what the scene was going to be. And so he had asked 
you know, one of the, the camera assistants, he was like, Hey, you know, I know that this is on a dolly and you know, it's going to be a tracking shot. He's like, you know, when does my shoulder come into frame? Mm. And I remember sitting there and I'm standing right next to him and I'm just watching him do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so he does, it. he's like, okay, you're, you know, your cameras, you know, you're, you come into frame that right here. And it's like, okay, can you put a mark down at this thing? And I remember he like turned to me. It was like, you know, it's really important as an artist to know every single moment that any piece of your body is on camera. Right. You know, and it just, again, it was something to where it was like, it's nothing that is going to blow anyone's mind, but as an artist and as somebody that like it enjoys the artistic aspect of film and, and camera work, it's such an important detail. And I think that's like, it's always about the details, right? For to parlay it to people that love sports, people love the Peyton Manny's and the Tom Brady's because you could read all the defenses. Yes, There's nothing you've yeah. never seen. Right. And so being able to get up there. And so they sit there and they spend hours and hours and hours film footage you know it's not necessarily about their athletic ability because it was like if i can outsmart you i will always win right and i think that one of the things that kevin has really displayed was the ability to kind of just understand he just wants to know where the cameras are going to be you know and when you understand where the cameras are going to be you know what how you're going to play and you know like we say this thing it's like you know you save it for the close-up so it's like you know you know how much you need to give and for me as an actor early on you're just like give everything all the time. It's like, bro, we're not even seeing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, it. You see, like, where's the camera? It's like the camera is 450 yards away. That's we it. literally don't see anything. We just need you to walk to the mark and turn around. You know, <laughs> and so it really gives you this, like, ju- this different perspective as an artist to really be more freeing, but also as an actor and watching him, you really get a tremendous opportunity to just see how in tune he is with the with the people that are around him. But also it's like, hey, is there anything that you want from me? Like, how can I also lend to you? Right. With somebody that's been doing this at, you know, in the at the top level for four, for, you know, for four decades is awesome for them to be like, are you asking me what you can give? Or like you're talking with your other, you know, your other castmates and saying like, hey, what do you guys want to do in this? And how can we really lean on each other is really, really awesome. It really tells you it's like, guys, no matter what level you get to, that is something that you need to take with you no matter what you do. Absolutely. You know, like always do that. Like defense travels, that's the same thing. Like great work and attention to detail will be able to travel to no matter what climate and to no matter what job you go into. Well, and it kind of falls into the entire theme of this interview with educate yourself, education, educate, educate, Mm -hmm. educate, because when you have the opportunity to learn from somebody like that, especially with somebody like yourself who has aspirations to, like you say, go further and direct and do your own stuff, what better way to educate yourself than to pay attention to detail from somebody who, like you said, has been doing it for four decades, right? Such I mean, just such, and then to be able to do it with somebody like Taylor Sheridan, who's done you know, I mean, his work that he's done with, with Zakaria and Heller High Water. Absolutely. You know, like you're looking at all of these Wind Rivers. You're looking at all these great things and you're seeing him really show a landscape. And I think in film, one of the great things about uh, Yellowstone is just the landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting you're, you get to see something where you're not constantly boxed in into a room, you know, and into a kind of controlled environment. And. I think that that's something that you really don't get to see a lot in television. You know, you kind of expect to see that more in film. And I think that's something that's also awesome because he's really giving you, like we all say, like we're not really making a TV show. We're just making like a really long movie. Yes. Um, because that's really kind of how everything is shot. And so it's like, you know, when you have, you're taking this attention to detail and you're saying, let's maximize the attention to detail. And oftentimes, yes, 
it costs more. And yes, it's, it's a little bit more stressful. And yeah, but then when you look at the result, people are like, you just don't want to do anything less than that. That's you it. know, like it's like, and it's like this thing that we always say, like real recognizes real when you know better, you want better, you know? And this again, it is that because you, you're, you on these TV shows, you, you shoot on these sound stages and that's fine. And we, you know, often do that too with this show, but we spend so much time on horses and outside. And it's like one of the great things that oftentimes, like, you know, when we, are kind of like turning around on scenes you can kind of just go and we're just walking you know and it's just endless mountains you're like guys look at what you get paid to do like yes. you get to be out in in the in the wilderness where you're not dealing with the traffic and the craziness of society but then you also get to do your art which is also so amazing and then get to be around people that want to teach you as well it's like man you can't you, you're there's so many other things like as an actor anybody that's listening is there as a writer Anything that you get, don't take it for why you're there. Take it from what you can get from that job. It's far more than just the paycheck. It's if you can really just sit and pay attention and just take in what you can get poured on, you know, and what could get poured into you is priceless. And that in and of itself will generate generational wealth, generational income, because it's something that you will be able to take in any type of medium you decide to go into. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that was so great. And um, what we like to do at the end of each interview, and I mean, you've done it throughout the whole entire interview, to be honest with you. Uh, but we, what we like to do is have our guests leave a little piece of advice for the up and coming actors trying to break into the entertainment industry. And I mean, other than actors, writers, directors, producers, anything like that. And what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, acting and your in, in, in entertainment in general, right? You have to understand that it's entertainment, but it's also an industry. Right. Industry also means that it's a business, right? Anything that's an industry has a business. And so I think that the, the biggest thing I would say for actors, especially, you know, it's don't give so much power over to what happens in your audition process because you can't, you have to redefine your wins and losses. You can't go, Oh, I didn't get this. I didn't get this gig in my, you know, I didn't get it after I auditioned. Therefore I lost. It was like, no, did you prepare? Did you do everything that you could in your preparational process to put yourself in the best position? Because that in and of itself is the win. Everything outside of that is the business and you don't have any control over that. And oftentimes, Sometimes the casting director doesn't have any control over that. Right. So you have to, it's really about redefining your wins and losses. Don't, and I know that's really difficult when people are like, I know, but I want to make money. And I understand all that. But again, when you get caught up in that narrative, you, you're setting yourself up for a very, very difficult time. That's so it. I would say redefine what your wins and losses are. And then also understand that the more information that you can pour into yourself and the more that you can have an understanding about why you want to be in the entertainment industry and what you're willing to to kind of um, how long you're willing to do it, because it's a it's an investment and anything that you invest into, you will eventually get a 100 percent return on that investment. But you have to be willing to invest in it. Um, right. And so it's like if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you can't go out and expect these other industries to then also want to invest in you as well. So whatever information, whatever you can pour into yourself, do that. And for the directors and writers and stuff like that, continue to write, continue to direct, continue to just, you know, grab your phone and just get some friends and create something, you know, create something and put it out there and just keep doing that. And eventually something will happen. But as long as you continue at it, something great will happen. And 
whatever it is that happens, it may not necessarily be the route that you thought it was going to be, but you, it will be much more enriching than anything that you could have possibly imagined. Mm. I love that, man. Me too. You're so inspirational, dude. This freaking interview is going to help so many people out. I'm going to just play this thing on a loop. I mean, seriously. (laughs) We we should mention he's written a motivational book or, you know, or a self-help book. So, I mean, that was obvious that that was coming, right? Um, And you work with numerous charities. We should mention that Mm. as well. And just, you know, the the human trafficking and so many different things. But Logan nailed it, man. From the the first five minutes into this interview to the end of this interview, you have been nonstop in inspirational my friend that this is a phenomenal interview and and the conversation that you started at the beginning the wealth of knowledge about the industry and the and the acting and the entertainment at the end of the interview it's just been amazing man well you know thank you and you know of course you know it's it's always important you know to um you know awareness and all these other things like you know child sex trafficking that's obviously a big thing you know that i'm about but there's tremendous organizations like operation underground railroad which i would just say um you know just go to their website um you can find in more information really um you know kind of just dig more but you know information is important and you know that's again the the kind of the theme of of this has been about education i think that it's like we really just you know there's so many things that are out there in the world that um i think that the more information that you have the better of a person you become um and the less emotional about things that that you kind of I think that it's so easy to fall victim to everything. And when you allow yourself to understand that you're not a victim, that you're a person that can be in a position to actually change and affect something. um, I think that that is really where your true calling becomes and everything else just becomes a medium and a platform for you to accentuate that on. Um, And so, yeah, everyone can, if if people are interested and they like that, yes, my book is, you can go to my Instagram, which is just denim Richards. um, And the link is in my bio, um, you know, and all the proceeds and all that go to these different organizations that I'm working with. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's a, it's been a, it's been a blessing guys. I really appreciate you guys taking the time, uh, you know, to, to, to speak with me. And I, I'm so excited to hear this when it comes out, but also, you know, if anybody that, you know, has any questions or anything like that, or wants any follow-ups, you can always message me. Um, you know, I love to, to be able to engage with all the, the Kings and Queens and princes and princesses that are out there that might you don't need any help getting any more guidance. Definitely. Well, and you mentioned Instagram. Tell everybody where they can find you. It's at Denim Richards on uh, Instagram, and you have Twitter yeah. and Facebook also, right? Yeah, it's everything is at Denim Richards. Um, you know, it's very, very easy. I'll, you know, I'll pop up instantaneously, and you'll be able to see the whatever, the verified thing. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely me. There are a couple of fake Instagram accounts of me out there, but you'll you'll know – You'll know that my Instagram account will get to very, very quickly, especially if you listen to this thing. It won't take you long to be like, no, I'm pretty sure that's That's, that, that's uh, that guy right there. That's him. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty hard to fake you, bro. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Nobody can be you. So it's, you know, so, but, you know, guys, thank you so much for taking this time. I sincerely um, appreciate the, you know, the conversation and the willingness to expound upon all these different topics yes, and covering the waterfront. Man. You know, and, you know, anytime that, you know, hopefully, you know, in the future, we can definitely come back on and kind of reach back around and, and reach back into some of these other things that are more in depth. But I just really appreciate, you know, having me on. I look forward to hearing this when it comes out. Yeah, man. And open invite. Like you said, anytime you want to come back on and have the conversation about anything, bro. Absolutely. So inspiring. We'd be happy to have you back. Agreed. On. Man, thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. All, All right, right dude. You too now. All right. All right. Bye bye. Man. Oh, Man, wow, that was great. I like this might be like the most helpful 
interview for up and comers and most inspiring yeah i mean you nailed it dude like five minutes in i was just like this guy has got so much motivation and so much inspiration how can you not want to go out and just attack the world after listening to him yeah he said i talk a lot but when you have that much to say and and that knowledge who's going to stop you from talking exactly i mean it's just amazing so good so good thank you again denim richards for coming on the show all right now it is time for the top five segment yes. oh man we teased it in the state of the company address a couple days ago it is top five duet songs yes and yes. like we teased at the beginning of the episode we have a special surprise for everybody we didn't tell anybody what was happening but our forever guest rebecca kennedy Woo-hoo! is back on the show Nine times. Uh, Nine times. It's insane. I can't believe it. It's <laughs> so awesome. You you are you're you're permanent family now. It's like Exactly, you know. exactly. We'll be sending you an honorary crazy aunt shirt here. That's soon. right. Like, that's right. I would love that. I would I, I, love I that. honestly think if anybody has earned it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> She's put up with our craziness literally for two and a half years. It's like that takes a lot. Exactly. I work I work really hard. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, special guests go first. You got this. Absolutely. What's your number five? Um, so I just want to put this out there. It's not in any kind of order. So oh, I got you. Got you. You know, I just kind of wrote down as I was thinking about stuff. It is hard. It's hard. It always it, is. It was, you know. <laughs> it's always really hard. Okay, so my number five is under pressure. Ooh. Mm, that's yeah. a good one. Yes. I'm good one. kind of upset I didn't think of that one myself. <laughs> like, damn it. Uh, but yeah, mine's kind of uh, around the same time. Around the same time. My number five is Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Elton yes. John and Kiki D. I'm a huge Elton John fan. So, I mean, of course I would put this on. And just recently yeah. watching uh, Rocket Man, seeing that whole interaction. I loved it. Of I loved course. It. Of course, yeah. and so I had to divert because I too am a huge Elton John fan, and that was definitely going to be on my list, but Ha-ha. I had to sway. So my number five, because I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan and a Stevie Nicks fan and a Heartbreakers fan, so I went with Stop Dragging My Heart Around with Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks. Oh, mm. I gotta say, I've never heard this song, at least not that. Yes, you have. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you have. Don't even pull that card. You know you have. I'm not going to sing it. It's like, stop dragging my You've heard it. Come on, after Tom Petty died, they played it like every day. I mean, come on. (laughs) Rebecca, you've heard it, right? You've heard it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now you'll have to sing it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, Rebecca. That is what I'm saying. I'm no Stevie Nicks or Tom Petty, so we're just going to leave that alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rebecca, what you got for your fourth selection? Uh, So I have uh, Empire State of Mind. That's a really good one, especially every time we go to New York City. Like, that's, of course, (laughs) like the one that when you're driving right in. like So true. Oh, my goodness. I love that. I love that. I love New York, so it works out. Yes. And it's such a perfect, like, moniker and, like, a tribute song to New York. Like, it's it's so perfect. I I just love it. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Um, my number four, uh, getting a little country, twangy, 60s, 50s, I don't even know when it was because I wasn't around. Uh, um, I'm talking about Jackson by Johnny Cash and June Carter. Yes. I think this wow. song, yeah, going back. Uh, um, <laughs> I didn't even know about these two until... To walk the line, I'll admit it. 
I'll admit it. I'm a youngin. We all know. We all know. But after watching this song, or after watching the movie, and then hearing Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Reese Witherspoon perform the song and interpret Johnny Cash and June Carter, you could just tell, like, the love that was between them and the chemistry and everything. So, so. okay, so then the question is, is your pick... The Joaquin Reese version or the original version? No, it's the original version. Okay, Johnny like, and June. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, I've watched the videos of the this song on YouTube now, and I right. you can see the chemistry. There you go. There you go. Because they did do their own singing in that movie. So it's you true. Know, it's it's a valid point. Got to ask. All right. All right. Yeah. My number four uh, requires you to put your little hand in mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you, babe, by Sonny and Cher. Uh, I mean, come uh, on. Yeah. Can you have a duet list without this one? Like if you don't sing this, if, if like your karaoke is a is a duet challenge and you don't have I've got you, babe, something's wrong. I agree. I mean it's it's like one of the most corny yet epic love songs of all time. I think duet. Yeah, but. that that one I know. That one I know. My mom, <laughs> my mother was a huge Cher fan, so that one I know. There you go. All right. <laughs> like I don't have it on my list, but that's a good one. <laughs> it is. Yeah. All right. All right. Good deal. Good deal. So, mm, wow, this is getting, like, we're covering all kinds of decades here. Uh, <laughs> number three, Rebecca, what you got? All right, so big Moulin Rouge fan, Ooh. so come on, May. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would. <laughs> you know. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Little Cam would be so happy and, like, brightened up right now. She would She be. loves that freaking song. She like, does, man. Anytime that she wants to get pumped up, that's definitely, like, her go-to. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, but my number three, I mean, just recently came out the past couple of years, and uh, it's from a film, at least this film adaptation, there's, like, 40 of these films. <laughs> but Shallow, A Star is Born, yes. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Mm. So damn good and you can tell yeah. there was chemistry at the oscars you could tell they were sitting all close i mean you know they were saying it was for like the performance <laughs> value but i mean i'm just saying and then they both split from their that's significant what I, yeah. others yeah okay. exactly it was a little <laughs> you know what's going on here but i mean that song that that whole movie is just absolutely brilliant and yes. like tear jerking i just so good so good Go. and one of those that like the soundtrack sticks in your head yeah if you play it you're not then you're playing it for like the week it's true yeah all right all right my number three logan just preface it now you've never heard of it you've never seen the movie <laughs> let's just go on and get you out of the way now oh um, my mine is endless love lionel richie and diana ross <laughs> yes brooke shields i mean back in the day i mean come on that's Really? No? Yeah. How about the Luther and Mariah remake? No. 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 <laughs> Both were epic versions, but okay. You see, I, I got to make a, another confession here on the podcast, here on episode 121. I, my first introduction to Lionel Richie was a American, American Idol. Idol. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the Commodores? Come I know, on, man. I know, but oh. now every Sunday I listen to Easy Like Yeah, Easy Like, like, like Sunday so Morning, but you didn't know Easy Like Shit until I'm American Idol. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have some homework. I know, That's I know. Right. Well, last time you came on, Rebecca, like we talked about, I hadn't seen Lost, and now I'm trying to like watch all of that <laughs> yeah. too, so I'm, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I'm getting there. We're... <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, what you got for your third selection? No, Rebecca? number two. Or, number two. There you go. Or is it your third? Two or three? It's two. Ah, <laughs> see, I don't I don't know how to count. <laughs> I, we, 
y'all know this about me, okay? I don't know how to say names either, so it's fine. Uh, Lionel Richie knows um, how to count. No. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. True. Uh, well, you took mine. I was also going to say shallow, so. Yeah, I mean, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it makes sense. It's an epic love yeah. song. I mean, and an epic duet. And no matter how you look at it, so that's it's, a good choice. It's so damn good. It's yeah. a good choice. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. Um, number two for me. This is like the number one song that plays when I plug my phone into the car, and your music starts playing randomly. Um, but I just absolutely love this song, and I love Marvin Gaye. So, ain't no mountain high enough. Yes. by Marvin Gaye and. <laughs> Timmy Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now why are you laughing? I, All right. Like, why did that elicit a giggle? I'm what? intrigued. <laughs> Is that about me? Yeah. Yes, you. Yes, you. <laughs> now I, she's gonna I, be like, no, that wasn't me, Giggle. Right? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that was me. That's my number one too. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Okay. Well. You know, All right. Let me bring this. Then, then let me bring this. Let me put some stuff that you guys don't have. Yeah. My number two, you're the one that I want. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John from Greece. Mm, that one was almost on mine. Yeah. I that mean, was almost on mine. I mean, yeah. you know, I find that though, like whenever you do that duet or any kind of like karaoke, you have to do the whole dance and everything. I know, right? You know? <laughs> like, you gotta, yeah. the woman's gotta like throw down a cigarette. Yeah. He's gotta do all the crazy. I mean, otherwise you're failing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> so, but anyway, you're the one that I want. Number two. Yeah, I was I was a part of a, a Greece production in high school, and so yeah, this. Took me back. Took me back. <laughs> Not watching the original movie, but you know, yeah, 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 being yeah. in the production. Who did you? Who did you play? I uh, I was almost Danny, but I what was his name? I think it was uh, Sunny. Maybe Sunny is his name. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 clearly it was memorable uh, yeah right like, it was not it was a good time uh, yeah, it, it was a great old time it was a great old time <laughs> it was so important in my life I don't know who I played whatever you don't remember anything I, I don't <laughs> it's okay I do remember my first though it was I was Peter Pan oh yeah yeah my first stage production was I was in tights and I had the little hat and I great. wish yeah. there was a video of that <laughs> yeah it's Fortunate for me, there was no video cameras then, so, or no phones, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, good. you know, the invention of film wasn't made yet, so it's all good. <laughs> you film was around. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, what was your first stage production? Uh, the very okay. So the very first one was in elementary school. Um, I did uh, a modern version of Cinderella. There you go. I like that. Okay. Yeah, they wrote like a script. Like it wasn't your average one, and I and I played the fairy godmother. There you go. That's badass. Yeah. I was about to say you don't remember either. No, I, I should I should preface my Peter Pan was elementary school too because in high school I was uh, you know on the football team. I'm not putting on green tights. Oh, you should. And my Peter Pan, that was I would have never gone back into the locker room. Like no, no. Peter Pan was elementary school. Uh, I mean, you yeah, saw that was my first like introduction to. Um, yeah. 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 That, that's great, though. That's a story to tell right there. But Absolutely. I mean, everybody saw a game plan with the uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I mean, he was yeah. a football player, and he also did ballet in that film. So 
Even if The Rock can do it, you can do it, bro. It's fine. No? Okay. No. Good talk. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not The Rock. I'm <laughs> not The Rock. It's okay. Where are we? We're number one. Number one. Rebecca. Well, we already know Rebecca's number one. That's it right. was eight no mountain high, you know? I'm sorry. Well, I, do well, have, I do have a quick story on Go that for one. it. Go for it. Um, so in college, our freshman year, kind of, or you know how you have the orientation week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, we, I can't remember like all of the details, but for some reason they put us or like why we had to do this, but they put us in like groups, like random groups. So I was with people I didn't, you know, necessarily know. Right. I mean, I didn't know anybody because I was freshman year, but it wasn't like, it wasn't theater people. It was just like random groups. Mm. And we had to pick a song and basically lip sync to it and like do a whole choreography like i don't know why oh wow they, i remember why they made us do this but like our group of course like it just happened to be like me being an act like was going for theater they got right. you know lucky versus like some groups that didn't have anybody that was you know and we did eight no mountain high enough and of course i was like the woman part so i remember that vividly like the introduction to college was like <laughs> and i'm like yeah, yeah here we go so yeah <laughs> well that's a great way that's Absolutely. a bonding experience right there like exactly yeah. i mean and rightfully should be number one on your list then yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my number one, I had taken, I had a solo inquire of this song, so I'm just going to put that one out there. Uh, the time of my life, Dirty Dancing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that beginning part. Yeah. Just, Let's hear it. So Let's good. No, I <laughs> had the time of my life. It's so good. It's so good. I, yeah. Yep. Yep. Whatever. I shouldn't. I shouldn't tell you to do that because then you'll want me to do my Kenny. Exactly. And I'm, I'm not doing Kenny. Exactly. Like I gotta pull away from the mic like he used to do. You know. <laughs> he had that move, man. Oh, my, my number one is Islands in the Stream. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Uh, yeah. I fucking love that song man i don't know every time it's on i will hardcore jam and i'm not embarrassed to say it who can write a love song that refers to a fine-tooth comb and make that shit sound good i mean you know only kenny and dolly can do that right like come on a fine-tooth comb what but it's an epic song man I, i just the two of them together and like you said they just had chemistry so you good. know chemistry together when they were at it man. yeah and just yeah it's so i good. find myself going back to that one when he died a couple months ago and i was yeah. just like oh yeah let's play some kenny yeah and you know you a kenny fan you're oh, a yeah. gambler man gambler. So, yeah you know it's so good all right it's so good right. but i mean well i mean of course to have you on because we can further talk about it now rebecca we had some uh some guesstimations the last time you were on about <laughs> about what was going to happen in your episode of station 19 and holy shit yes <laughs> like, yeah that Woo. was crazy i was not expecting you to get hit by a car no <laughs> no. no and not just hit man you went why like, that shit was like what yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh uh, yeah <laughs> you're just like yeah that happened yeah i mean yeah. that that was intense though what does it say that you like play such a good psychopath like, i mean that was like really good like thank you yeah thank you. <laughs> you know you're like the sweetest person we know but those eyes in that scene you're like uh-uh don't mess <laughs> don't with her, her. Like, <laughs> i know uh it was funny uh you know you, you the the first day we did um 
just the stuff that was like in the the first part of the when I get in and I say drive, just right. that first part. And then the next time I was shooting, we did all of the stuff that was like outside the ambulance and in the ambulance. And so I hadn't I had worked with Lawson, but I hadn't worked with Jason George or or Jesse Williams yet. Really, I talked to them and met them, but I hadn't worked with them. And then we started doing the scene, and we were like in between takes, and Jason was like. Oh my god, you're terrifying! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, the you know, I, reading the script, you know, it said she got hit, and I was like, okay, like I die, of course, again. Um, <laughs> again. But yeah. then watching the the, the stunt woman um, do the stunt was incredible. Like she was just she made. I mean, it's seamless. Like we, you know, I I grabbed the footage for my reel and like my friend was like slow mowing because I it's me running and then it and then she takes over when obviously when the flying so mm -hmm, yeah and you know we like slow mowed it and it's like they did such an amazing job it's seamless between her and me like you cannot see the switch at all yeah like, yeah really I, I mean I believe that because job. we we both kind of were like we were texting back and forth watching it and we were both kind of like did Rebecca do her own stunt right did she, just get like, hit? <laughs> like, she is open the game like I mean it was it was seamless and it was like an oh shit moment we were like what but I mean that's good yeah, to hear like, I mean it, it just shows that like freaking Shondaland has their shit together yeah like, man I mean and kudos yeah, to the editors yeah, she she made me look great. She rocked it because I. A lot of people asked me if that was me, and I was like, I was like, I would not be getting off the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no like I'm not that. I'm not that cool. Well, and no and way. and and huge to the makeup too. Yeah. I mean, the bloody ending was just Oof. like you know. Woo, yeah. It was a little scary. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're incredible. You know, we did all of that on set. We didn't wow. go back to the makeup trailer. They just had me sit down in a chair while they were getting stuff ready, and they did it all right there. And they had this stuff that's like gravel that goes underneath, and and then I would lay down, and they just poured the blood. Like they just did a fantastic oh. job, um, making me look like I had really been run over <laughs> or hit. Yeah, well, well, it worked because you looked rough, and yeah. it, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, you yeah. looked rough. It was so great, though. It, it was. <laughs> you were the best looking, horrible person we've ever seen. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, they they were great. The I can't. I don't have enough nice things to say about the cast and crew on that on that show. Everybody was so nice and welcoming, and it was just like a big family, and they just welcomed me right in. Oh, fantastic! And it was really sad actually to wrap. Because they were just such lovely people. Yeah, and 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 much like everything, you can find it everywhere now. Like I, I love. It seems like every appearance that you make, every show that you you can be flipping through channels, and there you are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, there's Rebecca. Yeah, here's her Law and Order. Here's her great. You know, Station 19. It's like everywhere. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I, you know, I can't complain. I. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, when I got the audition for this. Um, I was like, oh, this would be so fun. And, you know, the audition sides are, you know, for Hall of Shand Shondaland shows, I'm assuming, because I auditioned for grades before in the past. And, yeah, right. And, you know, this was my first audition for Station 19, but you get fake sides. Right. So a lot of the lines were the same, but in the audition, I was robbing a pharmacist mm. and making him go back to his pharmacy and give me the drugs. And, and I was thinking to myself, oh, this, this is interesting. Like, I wonder, you know, what's actually going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I know this deal. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know if anybody would care, a random guy. So I was like, I bet there's more going on than this. Um, and then when I booked it, I got the actual script and I was like, oh, I actually get to rob them. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
That is really cool. That is really cool. So what you got coming? Can you talk about anything? What, what's the next biggie? Um, so, yeah. So they just announced uh, a film I did a couple years ago called Limbo mm-hmm. with uh, James Purefoy and uh, a bunch of other awesome actors is actually coming out on VOD and DVD August 4th. Fantastic. Boom. That's so awesome. So just a few weeks from now. Yes. Um, yeah. So I play in uh, I don't want to give too much away until it comes out because it's it's a, it's a spoiler for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I uh, Lou Temple is the lead. He he's the guy that's like basically on trial just to decide if he's going to go to heaven or hell after he's killed. Right. And I play someone from his past, so that's kind of all I can really mm, really give away. But she's another really interesting, um, not a super nice person. So, <laughs> so it's fun. <laughs> You're so good. You're so good at those roles. Yes, right. <laughs> I don't know what it says about me as a person. <laughs> it's like look how dim- look how small and nice and sweet she looks. She's perfect. She's like, great. She's gonna be crazy. Like, <laughs> so I know good. you would not think uh, it's it, it's so random because you know in in Hollywood it's so much about what you look like and right. how you're perceived as a person and um I play so much opposite of how I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it so. says a lot to your acting ability, does yes. it not? Because nobody would buy it by looking at you, but then you see it and you're like, oh, shit. Right. So, yeah, that's just phenomenal acting right there. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. They, they you know, on this, on the show, they helped so much. Like, uh, some of it didn't, you know, make the cut because everything can. It's TV and it moves really fast, but... You know, Jason and I had some great looks back and forth, and he he would give me so much, um, and all of the cast did uh, as well. And so, really, you know, that only helps you as an actor be able to really go there and and buy what you're doing is when everyone else is a hundred percent in it with you. So definite, definite. Yeah, that's so awesome. But I mean, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on and like talking about it again because I like we said we absolutely loved the episode. I've honestly watched it like at least five times. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. <laughs> It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu Station 19. But yeah, I like we cannot thank you enough for coming back on so many times. Like next time, like we said, tenth time. That'll be insane. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully I'll have something else maybe to talk about. Uh we'll see with industry how it's going. Right. Nobody knows. Here, nobody knows. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Knows. And we're gonna have to have you back on for now. I can't tell we keep getting hammered with when are they doing another book club? Right. Like <laughs> yeah. people still talk about that. And it's like, okay. We're getting back on for more books. Yeah, that would be great because I'm on I'm on my like 24th book this year. Oh shit! <laughs> Fantastic, man. All right, we're gonna have to get that going. Some more some more books that I've read. Um, yeah, definitely would be great. Perfect, perfect. Well, listen, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your Friday going into the weekend to get crazy with us as always. And yeah, uh, thank you. Say hello to the hubby and uh, tell him we said hello and wish him well. And you guys have a fantastic weekend. And you know we will be in touch soon. <laughs> Sounds good. You too. And thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was really fun, as yep. always. As always. <laughs> All right. Bye bye now. Bye, Rebecca. Bye. So great, man. So she's great. She's always so Every fun. single time. Yeah, she's just like one of the nicest people we've ever talked to on the podcast Definitely. or in person. Like, she's just a blast, she guys. Is. So, I mean, be sure to watch Station 19 and be sure to follow her on all social media platforms. Yes. She's epic. Uh, now it is time for the box office recap. And guess what, guys? 
we're in a galaxy far, far away because <laughs> number one was Empire Strikes Back. What? Yes. Yeah. Star Wars. I mean, we announced a couple weeks ago that they're going to be releasing uh, old classics, old huge blockbusters mm. into the theaters to kind of revamp. And yep, yep. I mean, it's obviously working because Empire Strikes Back brought in $611,000. I mean, Boom, right there. We're getting closer and closer to that million, guys. That's right. That's what I'm excited about. That's right. Um, number two is Black Panther, Marvel's Black Panther, with uh, 367000 Uh Number three was Inside Out, uh, which is a children's film. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about this one. Uh, that one pulled in 340000 And number four was the original Jurassic Park, mm. which was evolutionary. Like, it was insane after this movie was made how it kind of paved the way for different types of filmmaking and like changed the whole like graphics and compared to machinery and it was just badass and number five i'm really glad to see this one on here because it's one of my all-time favorites the goonies the goonies pulled in two hundred thirteen thousand. yes so the top two both Disney and came really close, at least combined, to making a million at the box office that yeah. weekend, right? Yeah. So Disney was happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right there, guys. They're right there. Uh, but now it is time for the IMDb Pro Trop Trending segment. Oh, man, you guys know we love this freaking app. It's what our producer, since we now have a producer for the That's podcast. right. Oh, man, I got to give a shout out to our buddy Jason freaking helping us out with that we appreciate you brother uh but yeah that's what we use to fill up the industry news and of course you can track us on imdb pro you can track ourselves the projects the company the podcast see of all the guests that we've that we've had on it's just an amazing app and especially worth it if you're trying to break into the entertainment industry like it's your one-stop shop aka the bible of the, the bible. hollywood um, it's true number for the top trending film it was hamilton yes i've literally been playing the soundtrack back and forth like every single day it's like it's i've square i said it on twitter and uh added uh lynn manuel and but this musical has literally sparked a new inspiration inside of me like it's just so good it's so freaking good if you haven't watched it on disney plus yet please do so yeah it 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 lived up to every bit of the hype that's all i can say and now i see why tickets were as much as they were and they were as hard to get as they were and i mean this thing is absolutely phenomenal yeah i agree man i agree disney was smart that it was worth every cent disney paid to get it because it was brilliant agreed agreed and i mean like almost a hundred thousand people just signed up for disney plus around (laughs) that number just for hamilton yeah just for that weekend like crazy so good so good um the top trending tv show is still Dark, Netflix mm. killing it with in the television game. We talk about it each and every week, but this one's been up there for like a month, so it's continuing uh, to be successful. So yep, yep. go them. And the top trending star is Alba Baptism. Baptism, right? Yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, is this a passing, I believe, or is she alive? He, she, I, I don't know. know. Why I don't know who refer to the Bible. <laughs> We're going to refer to the Bible, but yeah. You see, that's just how this works. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes if a lot of people don't know, if you don't have the app, uh, the top trending people can be number one if the person just passed away yep. or something along those lines or if they just did a big thing. Uh, 
Uh, Warrior Nun. Uh, oh yeah, the Netflix series Warrior Nun. Ah, yeah. So yeah. that that's what it is. That's what it is. That's an interesting. I keep seeing that come up in my queue, and I'm like, I want to click on it and watch it, and then I'm, but I'm so like so many other shows, but Warrior Nun begs to be clicked on. Yeah. Right. Like right. that title like, is holy like, shit. yeah. See how well, quick that was, though? That's how awesome IMDb Pro is. Exactly. Like, you get just so boom, good. done. So freaking good. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us on episode 121. We got to thank our forever guest, once again, Rebecca Kennedy, yes. for coming on the show and doing the top five with us. We appreciate you so much. And we got to thank our guest uh, for the interview segment this week, Denim Richards, Ugh. for coming on and just spilling your knowledge, bro. Yes, this man. dude's so educated. Educating, man. Bringing that social justice message. Bringing that awareness message and then of course talking about kevin costner yellowstone and all that crazy yeah. stuff so so good so good be sure to follow him on twitter and instagram i believe they're both just at denim richard yep, so yep. very easy to find blue check mark there's some fake ones out there just look for the blue check mark <laughs> um be sure to follow the company on social media at crazy ant media and be sure to follow the podcast on social media because that is new guys it calf podcast and yes. i mean it's strictly dedicated to the podcast this thing has gotten so freaking big like we said at the <coughs> beginning like that it just needs its own social media now so it makes sense it makes sense and i mean since we're doing so much film and television production stuff we want to kind of separate the two and promote them on different things so it's true it's going to help out a lot it's going to help out a lot and be sure to follow uh, our intern shelby armstrong at crazy ant intern she has just been rocking and rolling with social media we have seen a massive uptick since we brought her on board we talk about it all the time any chance we get a chance to um we're talking about it so we appreciate her be sure to follow us both on our social media platforms myself at jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 that's right and you subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, podbean stitcher and you can watch this video on youtube be sure to subscribe ring that bell and like every single video that That's you right. watch That's because right. i mean they're just so great guys they're so great and of course visit our website crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear there's three new designs up right now get your honorary crazy ant shirts and get your other designs right now mm-hmm. they look so freaking good but i have to say honestly the top five, the two guests that we've had on the show this week, Rebecca coming on for the top five, and then Denim Richards. Like, I mean, every time you listen to that interview, it gets you pumped up. It really does. I mean, that's got to be one of the most uh, inspiring, uh, in- informed, just, you know, uh, out fun. Overall, just like you said, it just gets you pumped up. You can't listen exactly. to it and not get pumped up. Definitely one of my favorite parts of the show as well. And of course, always, like you said, when Rebecca's on, it's always a fun part of the show. Exactly. And I really like the Netflix stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we're huge fans of Ted Sarandos yeah. and, and have been, you know, one of the most brilliant guys in the industry. So hearing that promotion and, and seeing the kind of works that's going on in Netflix and everything, that was that was fun to talk about too. It's so good. So good. And always something fun to talk about, but sadly didn't have any news for her this week. But the one only, the only O that matters, like you said. <laughs> that's right. Oh, bro! Oh, uh-huh.